Hey. I think uh, we're ready. Sorry? We're ready to start. Music. This is, this is what happens. Can you show us, show us your phone so we can really see how this works? Welcome to From Your Mouth to God's Ears podcast with Rabbi Yisrael Bernath and Rabbi Tzvi Hershkowitz, a.k.a. Cho and Face. So happy for you to be here. You go first. You started speaking. I interrupted. No, I was just doing like a nice intro, uh, uh, you know, voiceover thing. Well, it's the, it's the week of Achremot uh, Kedoshim. And um, isn't that what they say so, after everyone passes away? That they're holy, that they're Kedoshim. And after they pass away, they're holy. And then we, Emor Bahar, we like say a mountain. We, I don't know. Yeah. The, the yeah. thing should continue, right? Right, it should. We make a mountain out of the Chukim. So um, the, I was. I was trying to set up something for Yom Kippur, like a Yom Kippur song. I couldn't find one, so I just went for Shoshana. What are you going to do with Uman for Shoshana this year? Uh, like, did anyone tell the wrestlers yet? I don't think they got the message yet, but I'm sure they will eventually. The yeah. memo didn't reach Uman yet. Well, I haven't had any wrestlers knock on my door with books in a while, so. But what I can tell you is, what are synagogues going to do for Shoshana this year? I wonder if they're starting to think about it. Usually, isn't that like uh, how they make all their money for the year by charging like $800 a seat? That is usually how they do it. And it's the worst seats in the house, right next to the housing. That's like, right. who actually pays for that? Why would anyone pay that much money for a seat? I, I shouldn't be saying this. I mean, we have our community congregations listening. What are we going to do? I don't know. I, I will have to take it day by day, step by step. I have no idea. Right now, right, I don't like the social distancing. We are physically distancing, but we're not social distancing. That's for sure. Yeah, well, this is uh, the one time a week we're getting to chat, me and you. <laughs> I know, we never get to chat. It's amazing. I know. That's, that's why we have this podcast. We, we knew this was coming in advance. We are in a VM, and uh, we, we prepared this in advance. But uh, they, here in Quebec, uh, they say they're, they're opening schools May 19th in Montreal. What do you well, say about that? They're going to open schools, but it's going to be like uh, optional. So I don't know how open the schools are going to be. Optional for the teachers or the parents? I have no idea, but it's optional for whoever. So I don't know exactly what they're going to be talking about over there. Well, are you going to send your kids? <clears throat> um, I, haven't sp I, haven't, I haven't really had an opportunity to talk about kids, like, since the... Since the announcement, so I, um, it's, I have no idea yet. Yeah, neither do I. All right, how was your week? How was my week? So much going on. I had a funeral today. It's really crazy. Funeral during COVID. There was no shovel. So if we wanted to put dirt in the ground, uh, sorry for being so morbid, but if we wanted to put dirt in the ground, we had to use our hands. That was- how, And you used your hands? That was a really- Powerful. I thought you were going to go with hockey stick because it was in Montreal, but you went with hands. 
No, but that's really what happened. We were using our hands and it was very uh, profoundly morbid. Yeah. Well, yeah, it was uh, Gigi Cohen's father, right? Yeah. I watched some of it on Facebook Live. You spoke very yeah. well. Gilbert Cohen, I would never put a funeral on Facebook Live, but I guess these are unprecedented times. So it didn't seem so crazy when I did it, even though on a regular day it would seem insane to put a funeral on Facebook Live. Yeah. I, I, I must be honest, you're really terrible at playing the trumpet. <laughs> <laughs> Because he, he tried. I mean, it was it was pretty awful. He was trying to play like a, I think it was, uh, it came out sounding like the Mario tune. So I'm just letting you know, if Gigi uh, is angry, you get calls. <laughs> I've never been known for my uh, singing or uh, musical abilities, so. Well, it, could you play the trumpet at my funeral? Just like in case, in advance. You want a trumpet? You don't want to show No, I want you playing the trumpet. Well, you, you, wanna, you don't want to show far? No, 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 I don't want to show far. Before COVID, right. before COVID I, speaking of Rosh Hashanah, so every year Rosh Hashanah, we go after we finish the prayers, we go around and we blow shofar for people who weren't able to get to shul. And usually, you know, the first places we go are the old age homes that they, they ask us to come because the elderly people there can't get out to go to the synagogue. And so I have a tradition of taking a number of people, uh, I always announce it in the shul, and there's always a group of people who every year, like it's become a tradition, we all go together. So right after I was done this past year, right after we were done and we're walking out, <laughs> and Jason, who was with me, he turns to me and he says, Rabbi, in 50 years from now, when I'm here, are you gonna come blow shofar for me? <laughs> this fast Rosh Hashanah was insane. That there was a lot. Of, it, 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 it was a. It was like a flood. Thunderstorm. It was, it was. It was like Noah's times. Yeah, because I also went to went somewhere. Came back drenched, drenched. Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember that. Yeah, you stopped at my house. Uh, yeah, yeah. Remember, it was like it was like all the way. I, I had blown you my clothes. Uh, yeah, I think so. Seems like so long ago. It wasn't that long ago, but it seems like forever ago. I still want my socks back. They were good socks. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've used them as Frisbees. <laughs> they were those kind of socks. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about this week's Parsha. This week's Torah portion. Parshas. The Torah portions. For some uh, people... I'm sure there's some people out there that are really happy that they're not going to be any shul this week because it's a pretty long Torah portion together. That's true. It is. Yes, it's quite, quite the Torah portion. Two, yeah. two Torah portions. And they're not even like that exciting. They're all about Yom Kippur, what, what was done like back when the Beis HaMikdash was around. Yeah, it's like the part of, it's, a lot of it is the part of the Yom Kippur prayers that everybody leaves by. The... the Exactly, exactly, Avoda. Exactly yeah. when everyone leaves show. So like this is like half a year later, where over half a year later, we're like, in case you miss this on Yom Kippur, well, boy, are we going to have you in your seat for a while. Exactly. It's be no, it's not in case you missed it. It's because you missed it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and uh, it's, a, it's a full partial. You always have these amazing speeches on them, so... I figured I'd leave it for you, and the rest of it is going to be your, your, your Yom Kippur speech. 
Well, I don't want to, I'm getting excited for my Yom Kippur speeches. I'm getting in general excited for having speeches back. I miss my sermons. Why don't you do like, uh, do you do like the other rabbis, like uh, the four Shabbos giving a sermon on, 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 you know, Zoom for the community? You know why I don't do it? It's so lame. I'm sorry. Because it's I'm so, so lame. Glad you, I'm so glad you don't do it. Hold on a second. In order to do it. Who's watching before Shabbos? You have to be like straight. Hello, everyone. This is your rabbi speaking. And um, today, this week's Parsha, the way we're going to talk about it <laughs> is exactly this. Oh, and oh, sorry. I'm not doing it right. Like this, so that you get dizzy, chuckling, and you can't even, <laughs> hey, this is what I'm gonna be doing. So all you're doing is looking at the video and you're getting super dizzy as you're looking at the video. And your kids in the background, screech, if you're a young rabbi, have you seen some of those? No, like, I it's haven't. The before Shabbos. The kids, like, like a, a friend of mine, he's a, he's a young rabbi. Rich Rebbitson is allowing this. I mean, before Shabbos, even now in isolation, it's pretty busy in my house. Like, my wife is like, you're doing what before Shabbos? I mean, one time I was able to get like a, a five-minute little pump-up little thing that I did before Shabbos. But it's, it's busy. It doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, it doesn't make sense. Anyway, let's talk about the Parsha. So the Parsha talks about uh, all the stuff that Aaron did. And... Um, so I was listening to like, uh, what's his name? Uh, Rabbi Yossi Jacobson uh, class. Okay. And uh, what he was saying was very interesting. And so, so I thought I'd share it here for those who have heard Rabbi Yossi Jacobson already. Just turn off this video uh, uh, podcast. And uh, yeah, he was, he was speaking very interesting. He was sharing. Was impression of him? I can't. I'm not, good at, I'm not good at impressions. You could probably pull off a good impression of him. Go for it. Go for it. Come on. <laughs> no? No, yeah, I, yeah, we gotta get Lady Goldstein in. Yeah. we have to get one of our impressionists in here. Yeah. So what was he saying? I um, he was he was bringing down a couple of uh, uh, okay. So historically, so how, that, how do you bring down things? After he, how do you bring down things? Bring down is like one of those rabbi words that makes no sense. It's the translation of like the Hebrew version, which also doesn't make sense. It's like bring down from God. You're yeah. right. I was learning Masecha Shabbos, Gemara, and uh, uh, with someone, and it talks about how how um, taking out is included with bringing in, and we were like, ah, oh, that works in English, take out, right? You bring in the takeout. That makes a lot more sense, but yeah, do you, sometimes it translates. But you well. don't bring down the takeout. No, Unless you live no. in a basement. Huh? Unless you live yeah, in a basement. live in a basement, exactly. Let me let me up your volume for some reason. Okay, there you go. So um, so anyway, uh, basically years ago, I, and I did some research, and it turned out like there's some minor details that are different, which I'll, I'll mention. But years ago, there was um, you know who the Sadducees were, the, the Sadducees. The Sadducees. Huh? Sadducees. No, no, no. S A D D U C C E E S. Something like that. Is is, is that a Boulder Dash word? Should be the so the Sadducees that stuck him. They 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 believed. So everyone heard of the Tzedukim, right? They believed that the they lived they lived around the time right after Alexander the Great, right? Uh, well, they, they didn't just live then. They 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 were like 
founded, or we, or according to the Gemara, they, okay, let me back up. At the end of the second temple era, there existed several groups of, of uh, uh, like within the Jewish community. Like, you know how now there's like reform, conservative, Chabad, uh, Satmer, uh, Breslov, right? Mm-hmm. Labels are for sure, it's not for people. I don't like labels. I'm post-denominational. I hate all of them equally. That's right. Okay. So, uh, so back in the day, there were, there, were, there were also various fractions. I mean, you know, like Beishamai, Beisilo, that was within the Frum community, but there was like not just the Frum community, there, there, there was divided into several groups. The, group, the main groups, the two main groups in the Second Temple era, like towards the end of the Second Temple era, were the, uh, we were known as the, the Perushim, the, um, the Pharisees, uh, is the English word, and then, uh, because we believed the oral law, that was a big part of what uh, the, the transmission of the oral law, which, by the way, go, going on a whole separate track, I'm doing some research on the Moranos, and it's really fascinating how they had their own, uh, okay, I'll get there maybe later. You have a lot of time on your hands. I do, I do. Well, no, no, actually, that's related to work. Um, yeah, but uh, so... So where was I? Yeah, and the other group was the Sadducees and the, the Sadducees. It's Stukim. I'll call them in Hebrew. Stukim. Similar to now, the Pharisees. I never understood the difference between the, the Sadducees and the Pharisees. We are the Pharisees. We are the Pharisees. That's oh. us. We're the Prushim. The Prushim were the people who believed in the the Torah the oral law. That that you know beyond the Torah. The the you know. Uh, the 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 Tzedukim believed only in the Torah, like straight as it was given, no explanations. And they had some massive, massive differences. Like they didn't believe in the afterlife. They didn't believe that anything like that existed. Um, they took the five books of Moshe literally. Later so, on, the Karaites would would do right. that. Right, but they, they put on tefillin. They literally like put like a sign on their arm and a sign on their head. Right. Well, that was the Karaites. We don't. We're not sure what the what the what the Tzedukim did, but basically it started, it used to be originally before the Greek influence, it was like there was a king and there were Kohen Gadols, right? And no one else, there was no such thing as democracy, right? Everyone had to follow whatever was done by the king or, or you know, or you're, you're really in trouble. But then the Greeks brought, came, arrived, Alexander the Great, and uh, they, had, they heavily influenced the land of Israel. And so there was suddenly, you know, the people could speak. Uh, democracy was instituted a lot more than what it was. And so that's when it was the elite who were the tzedukim. They would not accept the oral law because it wasn't to their benefit. But uh, the, the people followed the oral law, the, you know, that, uh, the traditions that were handed down through the centuries. And suddenly it became the, the rabbis, the wise people became... The, the respected ones, you know, and, and what would happen was there would be battles. At some point, it even got really physical. Like there's one thing where if you pour, like uh, the pouring, you know, you know, some kind of shueva on sukkahs. So on right. sukkahs, they would pour the, water. The libation. Yeah, the libation of the water. Who says libation? That word. I love that word, libation. I know. I, um, I, my, my son libates, uh, yesterday, he libated his apple juice all over the floor. And I feel for you. It wasn't apple juice. Spoiler alert. 
So, so the uh, at Simcha's base they would pour water all uh, uh, on the on the altar. And one time there was one of the Cohens. He was who was carrying it was a tzaduki, and they didn't believe in the carrying water ceremony. And he poured it on his on his uh, feet, like to make fun of everyone. So they like uh, started pelting him with with esrogs. That is so cool. And I was, and it was also sad because a pitham fell off of one. So what do they do when the pitham falls off? No, no, that's a modern joke. I don't know. That wasn't the point. The point was that there was like a serious riot, and uh, the king, the, the king got involved. That Stukim, they were battling. The Prussian and the Stukim were in general, and they're described by Josephus, like uh, they were the elite, the like you know, not, not with the program with the rest of the nation, while everyone else was pretty much the Prussian. And the so the so one of the big arguments that they had was oh okay so there were there were there were those two groups right but there was a third group that is called the Baitusim. Do you remember hearing about them? The Baitusim. Oh, we can make some jokes about them. Do you want to tell us one? No, I just thinking that that could be like the beginning of a joke. So a Baitus and a Sadducee walked into a bar. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so um, the 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 Bai uh, so were, and there's a, there's opinions that they were like the Essens, you know, the Essens. The, the, I don't know what the English, the he, he, Hebrew. I don't even know how you pronounce that that word. But they're the ones in the Dead Sea Scrolls and Qumran, the caves, yes. right? They like kind of live the life That's of. That's how we knew them. They're very famous. Yeah. So they were like uh, some people say that they were the Bai but uh, that's nowhere proven at all. But anyway, that, so the Baitusim, they were, they, uh, um, they believed in a different thing. They had, one of the big differences they had comes in this week's Parsha. But before I go there, let me just tell you our, how there's a lot of, our, how did Sadek and, how did the Tzadokim and Baitusim come about? And basically our version in the Gemara says that they came about, actually not in the Gemara, in the Medrash, of uh, Rav Nassim. It says that they came about through Antignus Ishtaychai. Remember uh, uh, that guy after Shimon Tzadik? Yeah. So he had two students, Tzadik and Baisos. He's in the ethics of our fathers. Yeah. So um, so uh, he is the one who lived around Alexander the Great's time. So he had two students, Tzadik and Baisos, who decided to take advantage of that. And they they both um, started their own like offshoots of the religion. They taking advantage in a way of all the I guess democracy going on, and there everyone could. So no, Antigone Shishaycha was the one who was bringing the Prussian, the you know continuing the tradition. But the others wanted the fame and wanted the power, so they went. Yeah, like the Khan Gadol at that point became very corrupt. That position, and so, so the Kambaisos were part of that. Did people buy that position at that time? Like they used to buy. Yeah, it? no, not 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 during the time of Shimon, of, of Alexander the Great, but afterwards, yes, they did. So, um, so anyway, that's Dukim and they used to tie a tie a rope around the guy's foot when he went into the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur because what would happen is they would, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to be too morbid about it, but a sad story. People would be using hands to pour because um, they couldn't afford shovels in those days. They yeah. just couldn't. Yeah. Well, and they didn't. Hockey wasn't invented. Sad times before hockey was invented. You're anyway, shuffling, you're shuffling like those rabbis. 
I am, I am. So, uh, and by the way, huh? Why is it the religious Jews always shuckling? I sleep shuckle. That is talent. That is talent. I've been doing it for years in yeshiva. The, the, the teachers think I'm davening. Meanwhile, my eyes are closed. They have no idea. And then I snore or something, you know? That's brilliant. I never tried that. But what's with the shuffling? I'm serious. Like, why does everybody do that? There's a, I heard a lot of cool reasons to that. To ward off the evil eye? I heard a couple of different reasons. I heard one reason was because back in the day, they only they were only able to afford one book. So they would shuffle, uh, like, so the students, you know, like would back and could come in and back and come in. I heard that that's, that, that, that is one explanation, like a historic reason, which sort of makes sense. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. That, that, that sounds interesting. Yeah, it would allow other people to see more. Another reason is to, uh, to, you know, not fall asleep. Like, if you're just sitting there reading, you kind of, like, fall asleep. But if you're swaying, it, like, it gets you moving. It, it keeps you... And then other reasons could be simply... Um, they, the Hasidic version is, like, we're like fire, our neshama, our soul. It's swaying back and forth like a flame. That, that's a great example. I like that one much better because I was thinking like, oh, so you don't like, uh, so you don't fall asleep. I mean, you've read other books that were not Talmudic. Do you shuckle? I shuckled, of course. You never, Harry Potter, you never read it. Do you read Harry Potter? Of course I do. What are you talking? I shuckle when I read like, how to, you know, um, what's that? Uh, Excel for dummies. <laughs> the only way to stay awake and, and enjoy it. Oh, when you make a graph. Oh, that I don't do. That I don't do, okay? You cannot, that you, you can't pull off except in Gemara, like this kind of thing. I tried it in real life, and um, the guy, that's why I still trying to, can't find a job. No one willing to hire me. Because you always speak like this. Yep. Do you ever, do you ever Lane speak? No, I don't. There's a, I, I sent you that video, right? Yeah, it's amazing. That guy is genius. It is really, it is really amazing. Yeah, that was that was hysterical. But I'd like to do like the yeshivish. Uh, yeah, and what is with the thumb? What's the origin of the thumb? Hitchhiking? I don't know. I don't know either. We got to find these things out. You remember years ago we said that we were gonna write a book called the Jewish Bathroom Reader, which was filled with all of these very important pieces of useless information that everyone needs to know. We did. That was like in Ottawa. I know. Like I don't know. Maybe. 15 years ago or something like that? Like, I don't remember how long ago. Like, and considering the amount of time people spend in the bathroom nowadays, that would have been a bestseller. It would have been great. Like all of the useless Jewish information that you never knew you needed to know. We can still do it. We can. But any of our listeners can do it. They I mean, can go to the bathroom. How about we this? One of our listeners wants to start it off. We'll collaborate. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Our thousands of listeners. Exactly. If anybody wants to start it off. We even we're got, filled with useless information. We even got our first review on iTunes. We got our first review. From me. <laughs> <laughs> I got all excited and I wrote it on a little uh, WhatsApp group. <laughs> I wrote it on a little WhatsApp group. Oh my gosh, we got a review. Look at this. It's amazing. And I'm like, you, you were teaching a class. This is tonight. This is when I saw it. 
Um, and you were teaching a class, so me and Dan are freaking out. Dan's not available today. He's doing some, some kind of work. As if, by the way, as if he's doing work. Like, who's doing work right now in the evening or whatever? Huh? I think he's purposely avoiding us. This is a conspiracy against us. Well, now we, we lost our Mazuman. Yeah, we need, it. We, we need our, our Mazuman and our Mazoinus. That's true. That's true. Yeah, we need, a, we, we need our third wheel. We'll have to, we'll have to, if anyone watching wants to join us, um, let us know in the comments. We're live on YouTube, right? So people could- We are live on YouTube and we're happy to send you the Zoom link right now and you can be a guest in our show. That is how simple it is. That is how pissed off we are at Dan. <laughs> you could take over Dan's spot. Yeah, do we have like a Hamoitzi Rebbe? No, we don't want a Hamoitzi Rebbe. Like, Rebbe. Someone has a bench every time? No way. Yeah, no, not going to happen. A Shahakal Rebbe is okay. Yeah. I'll go for a Shahakal Rebbe. Shahakal Rebbe is like something about everything. You want a Haguffin Rebbe. I better believe it. All right, so I, I, how, by the way, there are like probably three people watching live, right? So uh, the chances are not that great. Probably. Yeah. Okay. So um, moving on, moving along. So that so that so the Sadak and Baitus, right? And Baitus. And so they become the Stukim and the Baitusim. And the Baitusim have one thing different is that uh, the Torahs, the this is so technical. It's like kind of a boring hard Torah to be honest. It is really boring, by the way. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Usually it's more exciting, but I, I like finding history. I love history, and this is like related to history. But it's like Devar Torah. It's history, but not really history because you got to know a little bit about the background. Like I wish you would like, go through the whole process. That would have been interesting if you went through the the whole thing from the beginning and like give us the real history. I was actually thinking that it would be a really good idea to include like history elements in our podcast because it's so interesting. But if it was actually history, I was thinking that that for this time we should have a dentist. Uh, on our podcast. Why? Because it's like pulling teeth. <laughs> you fell right into that. Okay. I did. I did. But, but this is history. Okay, so let me share that historic. Historical. Um, the, the, uh, <sighs> you're shuckling and you're sing-songing. Yeah. Great. So, Alexander the Great conquers the land of Israel and things change, right? Um, like I said, it goes from more or less monarchy to uh, suddenly a lot more democracy. But then Alexander dies early. So we come under the Seleucids. I actually today came across, uh, like um, I was reading total, I always go off, to, off subject, but I was reading about a castle in Bulgaria where the guy who, who um, it's like on top of a cliff, it's gorgeous. I saw a picture of it and I was just like, okay, I gotta know what this is. It's called like something like Calcatia or something like that. And, and and it's it's got uh, so so this is where the guy who came after Alexander the Great, and, but he was in charge of Macedonia, that area. He he died when when he he fled from a revolt and hid in that castle. Uh, that was what made it so exciting historically for me. But but uh, uh, it came with a map of where everyone who who succeeded Alexander, the parts that they took, and Seleucid took the greatest part. He took like the huge, the whole Middle East, like all the way out east into Afghanistan or something. And, uh, you know, the whole Iran, Iraq, Syria, Saudi, almost Saudi Arabia, like all of that was Seleucid Empire. 
that lasted for, uh, and then there was like, uh, that lasted for, for some generations. And during those generations, there became a lot of the Hellenists. People, Jews got really excited because uh, with, with the, the Hellenistic way of life, which was exciting. It was very different. It was uh, very based on the human body. Um, and uh, there were gods. It was, it, it, was, it was a lot more exciting. And eventually the story of Hanukkah happened. And uh, that was a big catalyst because I think before that Hellenism you know, was drawing the masses, but then uh, when they really threatened our religion and when things got really nasty, and which Hanukkah, by the way, was war between, between Jews. It wasn't like between Antiochus and us, but um, he, we just sucked him in into our battles. It was internal battles between the Hellenists and, the, um, and, and us and the Prussian. Wasn't a pretty moment in Jewish history, that's for sure. Huh? Wasn't a pretty moment in Jewish history. It was not nice. You know? It was not a pretty moment civil in war. Jewish It was a civil war in the Jewish community. Yeah, and uh, the, so anyway, the Prussian won. Actually, Yechanan Kohen Gadol may have been the Kohen Gadol at that time, either right before, maybe after, somewhere during that time. He became a Tzduki at the end of his life. Um, and he's considered one of the greatest Kohen Gadols. But anyway, so this Baitusim, let me just get through what I was actually trying to get to, because I'm not sure where to even go in the history, but the, the, this, um, the Baitusim had a thing where, you know the Ketoyres, which is the like incense that they would bring inside the, the, the Holy of Holies on Yom Kippur? So when they would do that, there was an argument over when, over, over when they would... Um, when they would like put it on, put it like uh, on the fire, so like that there would be like smoke of the kataras would go up in the air because at that point it would be really delicious smelling, right? There would be good smells going mm. around. Yeah. So let me see exactly where it is. Um, oh boy, somewhere over here. Yeah, he would take a pan of burning coals from the altar uh, and a double handful of ground incense. They would grind it very thin, um, and they would and he and he would bring it into the into the pareiches, pareiches, like into the holy of holies, right? He would place the incense on the fire before God, so that a cloud of the incense covers the ark's lid that's above the tablets of the testimony. So, in other words, what is it? What do you? When do you think they put the fire on it? According to this, when, at, before, after he arrived in the Holy of Holies, right? He was already in the Holy of Holies, right? Right. In other words, he took it outside. He brought, it says over here he went past the curtain, and then he put it down, and there was, uh, you know, uh, uh, he put it down, and suddenly there was a lot of smoke, and the whole place smelled nice, right? So mm -hmm. that was what the Prussian believed, but the but the the um, the tzedukim, the Sadducees argued. The Sadduc not, not the tzedukim, the the, the Baitusim argued. They said that it was it all happened. The, the smoke happened before entering the um, the the holy of holies. That was what they said. And their proof was that God said that He will be inside the cloud. And uh, and that's before. That was how they. That that was their big argument. Now it seems like a stupid argument, right? So this is where now can you do a Jesse Jacobson impersonation impression? No. 
I, I just, I don't have it. I don't have it in me. You have to really have that kind of passion in order to do that kind of impression. That was excellent. That was legitimately good. So, uh, so then he, he goes into the whole thing on the spiritual side of things, which, uh, uh, to me, not as interesting, but, uh, it was like about how, you know, like the, the, the mitosim believed that, that it was outside that, that, that you have to go out into the world and you have to over there, you know, you have to hide your Yiddish guide. Sometimes you have to, you know, you don't have to be proud. You have to hide when you're in the Kiddush HaKadoshim, you come in or, you know, that's the place. Uh, but, but, uh, but uh, we hold differently. That was his point. Anyway, that's pretty much our talk. I'm going to close the book here. What do you have to say about that? So what's your takeaway from that? That's what I want to know. Like, what is your takeaway from all that? My takeaway from all that is that, um, well, to me, the most fascinating part was coming across, after I, I listened to his thing, I went to look up about this whole argument. And um, I think I mentioned this a couple, I mentioned this already a couple of times, but I like the take about how democracy changed everything. How before there was democracy, there was like, you didn't have all these groups. It was kind of like, you know, you had to follow whatever the king decided. And some kings went against uh, God and some kings went with God. But then there was no longer any king. There was like the Greek king, right? Or, or you know, that, that we were all just subjects under. Um, and, but everyone had that uh, say, right? Like it was, there was, it wasn't democracy like today, but there was, it was a lot more, than it was, and I really, I really thought that was interesting perspective as to how, how as to why there was, Hellenism suddenly grew, and why suddenly there was uh, the Dukim show up and the Baitosim, right? Yeah, that's fascinating. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. So, looking at this week's Torah portion and all of the various intricate laws that are around the Cohen's work in the temple, it just seems like so many details. You know, if I would ask, and, and a, lot of, a lot of students in the past have asked me this question, you know, why all the details? I don't think that's like your number one question for students. But uh, yeah, I'm sure people, it's, it's one of those. Uh, it's not a number one question, but it's definitely a question that I get, oh, why all the details? Like, it just seems so intricate. Tie your left shoe before the right. No, but that's not only that. I'm talking about even look at this week's Torah portion. When you cut your nails, this, then this, then this, then this, then that. That is the Jewish way of cutting your nails. Yep. There's a Jewish way for everything. So what do you answer them? What do you tell them? I tell them that... Uh... OCD! What? We're OCD. At some point, the OCD people just took over Judaism. Well, That's so what I would tell them. Lulav, three to the right, three to the left, three forward, three up, three down, washing for bread, three here, three. Wait, I wasn't washing for bread. Oh, one, two, three, four. We're OCD. You know what I, you know, try to, uh, try to make... My wife was making was making blintzes. She's, she's you know she's getting into these different moves. She's making blintzes. Cheese blintzes. Huh? Cheese blintzes. Cheese blintzes. Okay, does she deliver? <laughs> Uber eats. So um, 
and try to make a cheese blintz without, uh, but you leave out a couple of things, like, I don't know, some cheese. Just leave it out. You don't need all yeah, of it. Okay, okay. You could have used a different example of what to leave out. You left out the cheese. The cheese is one of the main ingredients. We're not talking about the cheese here. We're talking about fingernails. The cheese would be like, forget to wear, I don't know, don't put the in. I once heard, I, it's like one of these standard um, <clears throat> classical examples that were given in yeshiva about this guy who used to be a, a servant or a, a, a work in the house, a very wealthy man, and they brought out a blintz and the blintz looked so good. So he went home to his wife and he said, I want you to make a blintz. She said, well, get me the recipe. So he gets the recipe. So she says, uh, flour. Okay, we have flour. Uh, oil, oil we have. Yeah, that's good. Eggs. I mean, who has eggs? I don't have any eggs. That's, that's for rich people. Okay, I'll leave out the eggs. Cheese. I mean, cheese. That's for rich people. Who has, who has uh, cheese? So finally, you know, he's waiting for his wife to make this cheese blintz. He's going to feel so rich. This guy sits down. His wife serves him the blintz. He tastes it. Looks up, says, I don't know what the rich people see in this. It's not very tasty. Good stuff. Yeah, well delivered. <laughs> uh, by the way, that brings that, like, as you were saying, and I was thinking, like, uh, eggs and cheese belong to rich people. Like, we're so wealthy today. People we are complaining. So wealthy. We have no idea. One of the things I have to say that this, this whole COVID thing has really brought out, at least in me, is just appreciation for simple things. Like the desperate need that we have for relationships that we just take for granted. Yeah. So desperate indeed that we would even sit down on Zoom once a week to make a podcast for an hour, to even talk some time. It's got me so desperate I even opened up a safer. Yeah, but that's the point. Isn't when you learn you're supposed to have the safer open, but you don't actually look at it? That's, that, that's a good sign. You know that you're, or, or a bad sign in yeshiva, it's a bad sign. What do you but mean? You've got to solve the world's problems. And there's a lot of problems to solve right now. But again, I, I, I say it again, a lot of people don't have jobs and they're complaining and everything, but like, there's so much like that we, uh, that like we are rich. Like I could wake up in the morning, walk 10 steps and walk, turn up, just twist something and water from deep in the earth will just rise up into my head, right? Like I can drink water. I don't need to carry it. I don't need to pay someone to bring me fresh filtered water. By the way, people in New York City, this doesn't apply to you. But they don't have fresh water. There like are some serious things. Drink their tap water. There are serious things going on. But for the average person, I think that it's just amazing how fortunate we are and the society that we live in, and we just take it for granted. Yep. You can walk down, like, I don't know, uh, 10, 10 blocks. Uh, within 10 blocks, like, a, I don't know, within a 20 minute walk, you can walk, you can, you can arrive in a, location where for like the work of an hour you could buy fresh fruits and vegetables from across the world how amazing is that we're rich even though we're not uh working i'm working full-time you're also right it's all about it's, it's all about narrative every life is about narrative it's how you look at it yeah yeah it is sorry i was i had to have that serious moment there for a second. Okay, I'm done with the seriousness. No, nah, it's good to have some seriousness. Um, I'm in there. It's good to have that. By the way, um, 
So uh, just just a little update. You know how last week you announced your book? Yeah. So this week I got a bit, I guess, a bit of an announcement. I'm uh, working with uh, Torah Treasure. I'm uh, putting out like a little series, a kid series. Well, hopefully it'll go well. Hopefully it'll, but, but I'm actually working directly with the animator. So hopefully this time it'll go. Uh, Amazing. Yeah. Like a juggling series? No, 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 no. It's, uh, it's like a kid series, um, like uh, five minute episodes. Fantastic. It's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Look, we did together for him a, a project. That was fun. Remember? Yeah, that was really fun. We had a really good. If it works out with this animator, like I, like uh, he told me that uh, he might use this animator to animate the other. One. The other one that we did. Yeah. Well, if you're uh, doing anything and need a voice, I will be very happy to lend a voice to any project. That's a good idea. I should put you in touch with uh, with the guy from Torah Treasure. Torah Treasure is awesome. I, my, my kids watch it all the time. Let me put you directly in touch with him because you're very good with voices. He's looking for, for unique voices and, that are in quarantine. And if, if Sarah would be, if your, your wife, Sarah, would be willing to, and the kids for sure I know would be willing to, um, and you have the recording equipment, I should definitely put you, put you in touch with him. Absolutely. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to ask him if he needs any other projects. Yeah, absolutely. And, I, and I'm definitely... Uh, yeah. And I'm up to uh, chapter six of my book now. Nice chapter yeah. six. What's what's what are the what are the five chapters called? Um, I can't tell you, but I can't tell you because I don't remember. No, joking. <laughs> Do you still have like these people coming and filming you? What? You still have like these guys trailing you around? Yeah. Your yeah, yeah. yeah. One of the. I, I, one of them's in a tree outside my house with binoculars. I know. I told him. I told him that we're getting ready for the podcast. So he's like, "Okay, I'm going over." Well, it's weird. He's been here. He's been there every night for the past like twelve weeks. Oh, that is weird. By the way, something really weird. We play hockey in the in the in the like across the street, the parking lot of the arena, and every time we go. There's like this car shows up and this guy, this creepy guy sitting in his car just watching us play hockey. People are in great need of social interaction. Why don't you invite them to play with you? Well, first of all, you can. Hockey's not exact. Yeah. That's a good point. Forgot about that. But also I'm with, like, with my kids. Yeah. That's strange. Yeah. That is strange. Wow. All right, it's getting late. It is getting late. I'm a little exhausted. I uh, just finished a two-hour class right before I uh, did this recording. So, what was your class on? My class was on Kabbalah. I did like the introduction, the history behind why uh, of Kabbalah, and then uh, Hasidic uh, philosophy and how it started, and then went into the Kabbalah of love. There's always a Kabbalah of something when it comes to Chabad, right? I know it is. You should do a class on the Kabbalah of toilet paper. Yes, or lack thereof. You know what would go right now? The Kabbalah of unorthodox. Oh my gosh, don't even, I, I, I figured at some point this would come up and I'm, I don't know if I even wanna open this can of worms of unorthodox. Okay, the can of worms is not kosher, but it's opened all the way. I don't trust this kosher, but well, I'm in. Let's do another hour of this, come on. 
What do you got to say about unorthodox? Did you watch it? I didn't. Did I watch unorthodox? You see, this is how it works in my life. I don't have to watch anything to know all about it because I just listen to people talking. So I got the whole scoop. Okay, but right now, let's be honest. The only people you could listen to talking are your kids. So why are your kids watching unorthodox? Oh, I've been watching all of these... Uh, these Zoom uh, things, there's been so much out there about uh, interviews and people talking. Today, the forward had a whole panel of people talking about it. I got the whole scoop. The producer was there, the actors were there. I, I figured it all out just from the conversation. Well, I, I wanted to watch it, uh, but then I decided, you know what, not I mean, people not interested. People I, yeah, I, I, I agree also, I'm not, I mean, I, I'm kind of curious, I have to say. Um, but what I speak, people I spoke to have told me, um, sounds so weird, but uh, is that there, it was incredibly authentic, but at the same time, really played to a lot of stereotypes and a lot of tropes, which is really sad. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to look at yourself in the mirror and be okay with it. So I think that's part of it. And I, I felt like that, I, I saw one episode of Stissel. So I felt I like, saw the whole Stissel. Stissel was amazing. But I did feel like that. I mean, there's certain elements of it. I, I don't, I'm not saying this, that they're in the same category, but I think that there are, um, you know, the, you become very self-critical when you look at something about your own community. Okay, but at the same time, okay. So I spoke to people about it. I, I did not watch it. And if I, if I would watch it, uh, you know, uh, I just, it's not, 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 it doesn't interest me, uh, to be honest. Um, but um, but I, well, what people were telling me was uh, a lot of things that were just like, okay, they, they, they got the look right, they got maybe some of the language right, but they were, the people, the from people who watched it were like 99% extremely offended. And many other people, well, I spoke to a couple of people who used to be from, and they were also like bothered by it. They were bothered by it, really, even people who used to be from. Yeah. That's really interesting. Why? Because of certain inaccuracies. It's like suddenly everything, um, when they leave the Hasidic community, everything is okay. All the problems that, that, that she had are gone. You know, it's just, it's just not real. They, they didn't feel it was real life. Um, but then again, I, the, the, the people who, who, I spoke to two people who used to be in the, in the, in the, like, um, in the front community, you should say, we should say, we should get Eric on here. I'd love his take. Oh man! Yeah, you know what? I would I would be interested to do a little panel on it because yeah, I don't know because I didn't see it myself. I feel wrong to to do to do something on it without seeing it, and I don't want I don't really want to see it. I don't plan on seeing it. So yeah, no, but like I was told, like the sex, he's like uh, abusing her, which like doing it when she doesn't want, which is something I that don't have to put explicit on this podcast. Huh? Now you're going to have to put explicit on this podcast. We were trying to avoid that. I was saying, I was saying the Yiddish word between finif and zibin. It's, it's zex. Oh, zex. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so the, 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 the um, so what should I say? Marital relations? I don't know. That's like a very rabbinic way of. of it is. It is. Like the rest of the world would say making love. But but rabbis, rabbis them turn it all into marriage. Yes. All right. So the the um, and also the apparently the marital relations are done fully clothed, which again is not allowed. And it also doesn't bring up all the issues she has. 
are like basically it's the Sotmer community that literally created all the solutions to those issues. Yeah, and you know? officially, I think it's from the Sotmer community in the in the film, right? Yeah, but and it's their community, Bangayolam, Paharenu, yeah. and even, even I hear that the, like the mother-in-law was giving her a lot of pressure, uh, also to um, you know to, to 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 move on with things and like that would never happen. What to consummate the marriage is a rabbinic term. I'm just consummate you. the marriage exactly, and uh, and that would never happen. Like. You know what? Even maybe that, that social pressure in the community for that. That you could buy. It's just that uh, I think that that what really got people upset is that there was no Hasidic character who you could really uh, who represented the from world and you could really like you know understand his side and, and identify with. I didn't watch it, so I can't. Did you ever see Menasha? I didn't. You did. You, you spoke on I, I spoke at one of the screenings. I really liked that film. That film was a really great film. To the, you know, uh, that was very, had such a, a beautiful, and apparently all the actors were real Hasidim. And I think maybe that's why there was such an authenticity to it. So yeah. in the genre of Hasidic films, outside of Shtisel, I would definitely recommend the film Menasha. Yeah. Yeah, there aren't many. Uh, the other one would be Oshpizim, right? That's another good one. Ushpizin is old and, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's also very beautiful, Ushpizin. Yeah. Would be nicer if they pelted him with a story game in there. But yeah. They, yeah. Anyway, on that note, I'm getting tired. So let's get it's the music. Wonderful. It's been real. It's been real wonderful. And now to the music. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thanks for listening to us. We love your comments. Don't forget to like us on iTunes so I'm not the only one there with a like. And uh, send us comments, ideas. If you want to be a guest on the show, we're, we're uh, interested and looking for some guests, interesting topics. And uh, yeah, this, you can join our two rabbis in a show about nothing. All right. Have a good night. Signing off. Do I end, do I end it now? Oh, I guess I end it now. He's out. Okay. Good night all. <laughs>